looking for the king of podcasts, you're in the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. What up, Crazy Train Radio? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mofo. Hey, I know we have a lot of horror fans that listen to our shows, and I know things have been tough for everybody across the board these past six or seven months with what's been going on in the real world, but I wanted to make a suggestion to you horror fans, because I know part of the normal routine year in and year out is to attend different conventions to meet some of your favorite horror stars. However, none of us have been able to do that because of obvious reasons. But I do have a little suggestion for you. SignatureHorror.com Now, some may ask, what is that? Well, they obtain autographs for the fans from some of their favorite stars, from some of their favorite franchises. Whether it be the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and many more. They have different options such as, besides getting their autographs, you can do live Zoom calls with your favorite stars. You can do personalized videos for people, greetings of some sort. They just have many options. So if you're looking for to spend some money that you may have spent at conventions, check them out and see the options they have SignatureHorror.com That's right, SignatureHorror.com
Are you annoyingly even keel? E-methamine could be right for you. I have a disease, alright? I need help! E-methamine lets you get gagged up on whoop chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth. Contact your doctor today if you experience the following. Oh my god! Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone, ending of erectile dysfunction. You're naughty! This medicine is made for extreme cases of being keel or having extreme depression. Ah, come on! Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding in folks around you, whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, increasing amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates, and increased sensations in not having suicidal urges. Oh my! This is Sandy Johnson from the original Halloween, and you are listening to Crazy Train Radio. Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in the podcast world, Croc, Jonathan Steele. And I'm Elena, your favorite host from the Emerald Isle. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. This next guest is the pride of San Antonio, Texas, and has done many things during her career, such as Playmate of the Month in June of 74 for Playboy. She also has parlayed that famous appearance to join the acting world, including credits such as Gas Pump Girls, Hots, along fellow Playmate, Pamela Jean, and eventual model Casey Winkler. However, she is most famous for her role on screen as, I guess what the kids say is the OG as Judith Myers, who is the sister and first victim of murderer Michael Myers, who are the shape in a legendary film Halloween in 1978. This guest, Sandy Johnson. Sandy, so glad we could finally make this work. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes it just takes a little longer with technology, but we eventually get there. Yes, yes, ma'am. So first and foremost, what I've been asking a lot lately at this, I guess, year point now is how are you doing with the whole COVID and lockdown and just everything that's been going on worldwide? Um, well, I, I mean, compared to some other people, I'm probably doing very well. I have stayed well. I haven't lost any family or friends. In fact, I don't even really know anybody that's had COVID. I, I do miss the social interaction. I guess that's the biggest impact it's had on me is not being able to go places I'd like to go or go to cons or hug people having to keep that distance. So I'll be glad when it's all gone. And I, I did get my first shot. So um, I'm on my well, on my way to some immunity, which is good. Yep. I'm scheduled for this upcoming Tuesday. So for my first okay. shot. So it took me a while, but you know, it is what it is. And 
onward and upward. But I guess since you've been spending time at home, as you were mentioning there, I know you are a married woman. You haven't killed your husband yet being uh, locked down with him, have you? No, we're good. <laughs> I I always like to kid with people. And I unfortunately, I've kidded with some folks. And I got emails about that going, you can't talk about Relax. Everybody knows we're joking. You know, <laughs> we're, we're not asking people to admit to criminal offenses. But, <laughs> well, I guess uh, first and foremost is... What I found interesting with you, and we'll get into the acting and the modeling and all that stuff, but I appreciate it that you were working, and I don't know what that status was with COVID and everything, but you were working as a teacher for those with special needs. What made you go that direction with a part of your professional career? I... um Well, I became a teacher because I went through career counseling when I moved back to Texas and teacher was one of the top things that came up that matched my skills and my uh, things that I cared about or was good at. When I actually got my teaching degree, I started out doing um, I was I was licensed for kindergarten through middle school. And I started out in public school doing my student teaching, and I hated it. So I went back to my teaching professor, and I said, I don't know what's wrong, but I've loved all my classes. I've loved everything, but I I didn't like it. And so we talked about it for a while. She says, okay, before you just give up, what I want you to do is go try a private school. So that's what I did. I went and I taught at a small private school, which happened to be one that um, catered to children with learning differences. Mm -hmm. So they ranged all the way from autistic to um, slow learners to the gifted. It was just a combination of kids. They just all learned differently. And I loved it. It was hands on. The kids were wonderful. I just, I had a lot more freedom than I had had in the public school to really um, do what I thought the, what the kids needed or would benefit from. So that's, that's why I ended up there because that's where I went to try at a private school and it turned out to be a wonderful fit. Yeah. Well, that's definitely interesting, but would part of that be because from what I had heard and obviously maybe it might not be something you're thinking about when you were going down that path and trying to see what fit for you, but would, how much would you say your family dynamic of being different with mom and dad and everything play into that? Because I've heard different stories, but we know everything on the internet is true. (laughs) Um, uh, My father never knew that I was a, a model or an actress. He, he died with cancer, Um, right around the time that I was going to do Playboy, which is why I did Playboy to try and get help for him. Um, My mother was always my biggest fan. It really didn't matter what I was doing. She just, if it made me happy, she was happy. So as far as my careers later in life, my parents were already gone. So I don't know that they really had an impact on that. 
it was pretty much the, just the career counseling. And some of my friends said, oh, you should do that. You'd be a great teacher. So it, it really wasn't um, affected by family. Okay. Now, obviously, and I know this story has been told in some avenues that as far as the, and I say this loosely, the entertainment industry, you had kind of moved on. You were doing the teaching and everything else like that, got remarried and, you know, life went on for you. But there was a gentleman, and I don't know how to pronounce Rick's last name, who was working as a talent agent. He ended up tracking you down to do appearances and stuff because you were like, I guess the word would be, if I'm thinking of reading, white whale as far as conventions and everything else. And correct me if I'm wrong with the Moby Dick reference, but how much of a shock was that for you that some people were trying to find you, but also how did your husband take to <laughs> when you, when you, I've heard this story, but when you said, Hey, uh, by the way, I was, you know, you presented this information to him as well. Right. Um, well, first of all, his name is Rick Enrique. And he is a fabulous uh, agent. I love him dearly. So I'll just let you know that. He, um, he actually had been looking for me about eight or nine years, as well as some other agents had been looking for me. And of course, I had no idea that anybody was looking for me and didn't know why they would be looking for me. So I was just sitting there playing words with friends, with my best friend on the computer, or actually on my uh, tablet. And it was late. It was probably 11. Um, my husband was asleep on the couch. Um, usually he is much earlier <laughs> than I am. And so I get this text from someone who says, are you Sandy Johnson from the original Halloween? And it was just like my brain just went like, oh, my God, what a random thing. It hadn't thought of that in 40 years. And so I just said, yeah, who is this? And he proceeded to tell me who he was and why he was contacting me. And my first thought, of course, was just he was just some perv <laughs> on texting me or something. I had no idea about it. So anyway, he just he told me all about it. He sent me to his website and he said, uh, um, think about it tonight and I will uh contact you again tomorrow. So I said that, okay. So I went online and I actually started Googling my name and Judith Myers. And I went to his website and I just went, oh my God, look at all this stuff that has happened in the last 40 years that I, I had no idea about. So um, when my, I let my husband sleep because I knew if I woke him up to tell him he wouldn't sleep. So I waited till the next morning and I said, I have something to tell you that's kind of interesting. And so I said, I, you know, this agent got a hold of me and he wants me to do horror cons where I would sign photographs. And he goes, well, why would you do that? <laughs> why would they want you to do that? So I went, I mean, he knew that I had done Halloween and stuff, but we just never talked about it. I mean, when we first got married, I told him all that stuff. And that was probably the last conversation. So anyway, after I convinced him that he wasn't a perv and it was actually a real thing, 
and that, yes, he could go with me. Um, then he was kind of, all right, well, let's give it a try. And so that's what we did. We, we gave it a try. Well, we have one fan in the room that wanted to ask some questions related to Halloween, but I wanted to bring up, since you said that, let's give it a try when you guys were both in agreement there as far as going to the conventions and stuff. What was your experience in taking everything in? Because especially when you go to shows and first time early on, there's just so many different between the meet and greets and the fan Q&As and the watch alongs and just everything that goes with them in those weekends. How was it for you? Um, it was crazy, actually. Can you still hear me? Yes, we got you. Okay, good. Um, I, when we first got there, there was like a line around the convention center in Pasadena. So it was like, wow, I was thinking a lot of people like to come to these things. And then we went in and there was my big banner and pictures of me all over the table and of course, I, I got to meet my agent and we were he just sat me down and he explained to me what I needed to do and everything. And I was just sitting there going, oh, my gosh, this is like crazy. And then the doors opened and there was just this big rush of energy, this like enthusiastic energy. I mean, the fans just poured in and they started forming all these lines and I mean, my line was so long, so fast. And I just, I was like looking, you know, past them going, oh my gosh, this is just nuts. And it was just amazing. The fans were just incredible. I was so loved. They were so nice, so sweet. They couldn't wait to hug me. It was just, it was just amazing. I'm not, I had the best time. And uh, it turned out that my husband also had a fabulous time, which was helpful. He really enjoyed it. And um, we, of course, we got to meet with the other cast members that I hadn't seen in a really long time. And I mean, they just took us both in. It was like I had never been gone. It was just so cool. Yeah, kind of welcome yeah. to the family type deal, huh? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just like, it was just wonderful. We had the best time. And of course, Rick was curious at the end if I'd liked it, would I want to do it again? And I said, hell yeah, sign me up. That was a blast. Well, speaking so, of which, uh, Aaron, uh, do you want to unmute? And I know he, and I hope you don't mind him asking a couple questions here before. Oh, that's fine. Aaron, yeah, sure. can you hear me? We got you. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan. Hi, Sandy. Um, Hi, this David. is great. Uh, so I have a couple questions. I guess the first one is, did you have, at the time when you were filming it, did you have any idea that the movie would be as popular as it was, even when it was released? I know it was a, a big hit then. I, I had no idea. It was just another low-budget film. Uh, and I just assumed that, you know, it would play its course at the movie and that would be it. Awesome. What do you think was so special about the film? Why do you think fans are are so attracted to it? Ooh, there's probably a lot of reasons. Um, the mask, of course. I mean, I love the mask. I mm -hmm. think that is, a, is an important thing. I love the way it's, he's kind of a blank character. So I think people kind of put into him like their fears and things. 
So that there's kind of room there to put your own scary stuff or creepy stuff into him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that it's psychological in the stalking ways and how he comes and goes and you never quite know where he's going to be or it's just there's so much to it that's not just um, killing people. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Can I, I have one last question. Is that okay, Jonathan? Sure. Go for it. Okay. Um, is the, was there a movie when you were acting, was there a movie that, that got away from you or was there a movie that you wished you had been part of that you were not? <laughs> is, that a, is that a tough mm-hmm. one? <laughs> well, thinking back that far, I don't really remember, mm-hmm. but I know that if I were young now, and movies have come up. One role that I would have loved to have played is the granddaughter in uh, 2018, Halloween 2018. Oh, yes. Awesome. I love that role. Have you seen all of the other Halloween movies, all of the sequels? I think I have seen them all now, yes. I finally saw Season of the Witch a few months ago, so I think I've seen them all. That's a good one. And what's what's your favorite? Do you have one in the series? Uh, well, of course, the original. <laughs> the original, yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, a lot of them are really good. I liked, you know, different things about all of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought they were all pretty good. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. I really enjoyed this. Thanks for answering my questions. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Uh, while we're at it, Matthew, do you want to ask yours before we continue with the regular interview? Uh, hello. Um Am I am I muted right now? You're good. You're good. Oh, okay. Good. This is the first time I've used Zoom actually. Um, yeah. Uh, hello, hello, Sandy. Hi there. How hello. are you? And thank you for coming on. Thank you for this opportunity today. Um, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to ask. Uh, I guess I'll skirt around uh, so many questions about the Halloween movie that probably have been asked. Yeah, I'm trying to think what hasn't, you know, that I, I'm thinking, oh, someone probably asked that, you know. And, um, but what I wanted to ask was, um, what are some of your hobbies, like in your in your spare time? What, what do you like to do uh, outside of uh, the movies? Um, I love to sew. I have been sewing since I was about five. My grandmother taught me to sew on a treadle sewing machine and the very first day I put the needle through my finger (laughs) (laughs) but luckily I got over it and went on and I actually do some I have some clients that I actually sew for so I love to sew I love to put bling on uh, clothing rhinestones and different things I like to embroider uh, on a machine so I like those kinds of things I love to garden I like to design things. So, yeah, those are some of my favorites. I love to travel. One we can. Yes, one we can. I'm looking forward to traveling again. Uh, Oh, thank you, Matthew. Oh, thank you for that. That's pretty nice. I'll cut out here so I don't take um, the. I like that because I like uh, sometimes I customize. I'm not I'm not an expert. Uh, with sewing or anything, but I do like to customize. I try to customize like jackets that I buy from Goodwill or something like to that effect. Oh. But that's pretty nice. So, and th- um, thank you for that. Of 
And Matthew, thank you for asking that because I appreciate the fans getting to see the person and know the person besides the what they may or may not be known for. So I appreciate you asking the personal side there. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was going over all my questions from uh, regarding like Halloween, <laughs> and I, I was like, I'll, I think someone probably has asked that at some point, you know. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, thank you, sir. But Sandy, so let's get back into with Rick. Rick obviously got you in that that Pasadena show. I believe it was the 40th anniversary. It was. So that, from what I was doing my homework and everything was had led you to get connected to Bloomhouse, who was doing, as you mentioned, the 2018 movie and such. And you got to do the red carpet and all that stuff. How was it, you know, obviously it was a 40-year difference, but, and you've kind of been around it uh, with your previous career with the acting and the modeling and such. But how was it to be able to come back and revisit doing red carpets and all, but to include your husband who wasn't involved in that world? Right. Um, it was <laughs> incredible. We we stepped out of the limo and it was like like the paparazzi. I mean, it was just people were everywhere with headsets and cameras everywhere and just flashes like crazy and um so walking down the red carpet I mean of course I had never done anything like that the closest thing was probably when I was a playmate there were a lot of events big events and stuff but uh, as far as acting that was definitely the biggest event that I had actually been a part of so it was just crazy with people calling out my name and and my husband looks like Santa and so they were calling out, hey, Santa, look over here. So it was just, I mean, he was laughing. I was laughing. It was just so much fun. So, well, yeah, it was a once-in-a-lifetime deal. Exactly. And uh, obviously, there's been some time to think about this. And I, I would think that your perspective has changed over the years from when you did the role of Judith and everything else like that and just how life goes. But have you ever learned anything about being considered a symbol of something that sparked a movie franchise? Say that again. Have you learned anything in terms of being considered a symbol of something that sparked a movie franchise? Because obviously, for those who know the story, and I don't think I'm giving any spoilers here at this point, but yeah. You know, being the first victim and everything else that people see on camera, as far as the story being told sparks a franchise and just everything that's going on. So do you find yourself not only as a symbol like that, but also have you learned anything from that? Hmm. Well, I've learned it can happen. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> um, I think that, having something like that in a movie when you're first bringing out something that of course at the time they didn't know it was going to be a series but having that position of being like the very first scene in a movie 
and really the only scene like that because it's really the only scene with the young Michael. So having that one thing that when the audience is first watching that, they have no idea where this is going to go. Yeah, There's just a girl making out and then she's murdered by her younger brother and boom. And then it's, you're in a different time and place. So I think that that, that whole thing right there of just those, that little capsule of time that is kind of not related to anything else, or you have no idea where it's going to go from there. A lot of times in movies, you kind of know from the first kill where it's going to go, you know, who it's going to be and all of that. And I think in Halloween, that was different because it wasn't that way. And even after that scene, you still don't know what's going to happen. You don't know that the main character is really going to be the adult Michael and, and all of, you know, those kind of things. So yeah, that was um, interesting part about it. As far as learning, um, I'm not really sure that I've learned a whole lot. I mean, I've, I've learned what it feels like to to be 40 years out of something and then have this whole new world pop into your life and how, how to kind of deal with that and accept that love and give it back. So that exchange um, of all of that energy that when people were looking for me and stuff, so that energy coming to me, positive energy, and then taking it in, but then being able to give that energy back in a positive way has been, I mean, maybe that's a learning experience because I don't really know I've ever had anything quite like that. And as you're answering that, and this is something that just popped into my uh, three or four working brain cell head here, <laughs> is with that 40-year difference and getting the love and everything, obviously, that was there and always there that built up over the time, I would think you were able to and are able to handle that with a different perspective and maturity where if you say you were 21, 22, you know how we are when we're younger. Right. We might not accept it. Our ego may get in a way, I guess is the best way to put it, where not only was the time built up the 40 plus years but it was like i guess the best way to put it is you would carry yourself different than if uh look you know like i said at that 2021 20, yeah yeah where you think your shit don't stink is the best way to put it <laughs> um yeah i su- i suppose that could be true although i never really i mean even when i was Playmate of the month. I mean, at the time, that was a really big deal. Yeah. And, you know, even then, I don't know. I just, I come from a family that was very poor, um, not well educated, um, grateful for the things that we did have, grateful for love, grateful for friends. Um, So I never really, I don't know that I would have gone that way, even with my age, because I was actually kind of mature for my age. My mother um, had mental issues. So I had to really start taking care of her when I was young, eight or nine. So and I don't know that that would have been the case, but who knows? But that's also good to hear that you were in a different 
mentality, even in as your younger self compared to where we all know that not everybody is like that and would be able to have that, that certain maturity about them. But speaking of that, that maturity, that makes me wonder as well. Do you, how did you go about set? Obviously we've talked about you doing playboy and playbook, uh, playmate of the month and just everything that you've done as far as the entertainment side of things, how did you uh, set your personal standards or did they evolve over the time period of, okay, I'm comfortable with doing this. I'm not comfortable with that. Cause sometimes with, especially with film, they might say, Hey, we like you to run around naked or we want you to do this. We want you to do that. How, how were you able to set your boundaries to say, okay, I'm good with this. I'm good with that. Not touching this, etc. Um, I think that in the beginning I was kind of confused about it. So I did one film, it was called surfer girls and they wanted me to do things I didn't want to do. I felt very uncomfortable. That's why I don't ever talk about that film. But what I did learn from it is that I would never do that again. So I would make it clear what I would or wouldn't do, what would make me uncomfortable. And if they started to do something that made me uncomfortable, I would just say, stop this. I don't want to do this. So um, and now, of course, as I get into other films and stuff, I'm just letting them know up front what I'm comfortable with and what I'm not. So, of course, I'm much older now, so I can do that. But when I was younger, it took me a while to get comfortable enough to do that. And the thing, obviously, I wasn't born until 84. But that makes me wonder, just because of what we've seen in the past few years anyway, with the, whether it be the Me Too movement or, you know what I mean, just how people are speaking up to say, hey, I'm comfortable with this. I'm not comfortable with that. Just that whole discussion. How right. was it? How was it back with in this late seventies, early eighties, when you were still chugging along with films and everything right. as far as being able to speak up, could people, could men or women speak up to like they do now? Right. Um, I would say it might have been harder in the big films with the big famous directors and, you know, Paramount Studios and all of that. In the independent films, I think it was probably easier. And in the films that I did, the other three films that I did, I never felt uncomfortable. They were always respectful. We just had a good time. They never asked me to do anything that seemed not right. Um, so I think maybe in the independent films, it was easier, but I know a lot of people that were more famous and in, in big productions and stuff. It, it, and as we're finding out now, more so than we knew then, that they were, a lot of things was going on, were going on that shouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and I think the key thing is, at least for me anyway, when you, and obviously I think that anybody has the right to speak up if they feel something's not right, which we have seen, whether it be cases like a Harvey Weinstein and just the different stuff we hear in recent years. It's nice that there's a little bit, not only social support with like social media and things like that, but 
it's nice that people can speak up now compared to 30, 40 years ago and however long back, whether it be race, sex, creed, you know, Absolutely. Whatever, the, whatever the case might be. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. So I don't want to keep you all day. So my final question for you would be, well, it's actually a two-parter. Where can people find you if they choose to social media wise? And obviously, as things start to open up, because we've both mentioned about getting our vaccines and that whole process, as things hopefully start to look like opening up again and a little bit of normalcy again for, for what we knew of it. Do you have anything planned, whether it be conventions or possible movie roles or what's coming down the pike for Sandy Johnson? Um, quite a few things, actually. First of all, they can reach me on Instagram at Unicorn Sandy J. If they go to Facebook, it's The Real Sandy Johnson. If they want to go to my website for autographed photos or to listen to my podcasts and things, it is www.unicornsandyj.com. As far as what I have coming up, I am doing a Days of the Dead in Vegas in mid-May. I'm, yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to that. I love Vegas. I'm doing, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hit some slot machines. Well, I was going to say, don't, and I love the guy to death and glad he's doing well. Don't be like that story I heard of a comedian that I like, Artie Lang, going to Vegas and losing more than what he got in that for that appearance, but. <laughs> oh no, I don't lose a lot. I, I just decide what I'm going to play with and that's all I do. Okay. So we're going to be doing days of the dead. <laughs> yes. And then I'm, I'm doing a Chicago uh, weekend. Um, what do they call it? Uh, Chicago. Fright Fest. One of those. Anyway, it's anyway, a horror hound. Um, maybe. Yeah. It's, it's Chicago something weekend and yeah. it is the end of July. I know I'll get a message about that, but folks check out, look for the Chicago show. And if things clear up enough to actually travel to the UK, I'm scheduled to do for the love of horror and to do a film while I'm there. So I'm really hoping for that. In the meantime, I just did a cameo for a Hungarian film called uh, Vulps, The Lust for Revenge, and it should be quite good. The, the prologue was really good. I loved it. So hopefully this uh, second one will be good, too. So and I take acting lessons every week. So I'm just open to what comes. Well, speaking of that, before I let you go, you said uh, this role with Hungarian film. Did you have to learn another language to participate in that project or? Nope. It's in English. Okay. Cause I know <laughs> sometimes people, people take that. Right. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't. I probably would have if they'd asked, but I'm glad it was English. And not that, and I appreciate the unicorn Sandy J because you made me think of my going to be four year old niece on Monday because her thing lately is unicorns. She got a couple unicorn dolls and stuff. Not that she's using Instagram, but 
I know she'd be following just just because unicorns involved. So, but. well, it's funny. Um, I got that. I, I mean, I like unicorns, but that's not why I use unicorn. I use it because when Rick and Rick found me, he said that I was his unicorn. I was his magical, mythical creature that he thought he would never find. Uh, and so he actually called me unicorn. So I used it from that. And we kind of told that story in a short form, but Rick, we love you for putting the eight years of work in. Thank you for finding Sandy. <laughs> Not, but Sandy, thank you so much. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we finally got to get it together. Yes, yes. Between all the audio technically. Hey, we got it done. We're here. So thank you so much. You are welcome. With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jack! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out to contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about. Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from Pee-wee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. Hi, this is Caroline Williams the star of 10 Minutes to Midnight's Amy Marlowe, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio.